Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. You're home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Hurricanes lead the Rangers 3-1 in the second period. Also in the second, Penguins and Blue Jackets 2-2. Islanders up 2-0 on the Coyotes after the first Stars and Red Wings tied 1-1. Later, Chicago home to Mini Panthers at Canucks. The Lightning play the Ducks, and the Blues take on the Tentacle team. Oilers and Flames tomorrow at Rogers Place, 6.30 for the face-off show. Game will start at 8 here on 6.30. Chad, then the Oilers are going to be in Vancouver on Tuesday as they get back into playing a normal NHL schedule. Nugent Hopkins goes on long-term injured reserve. Smith on injured reserve. Uh, won't have Hyman tomorrow still. COVID protocol, probably not going to have Skinner available. He went into COVID protocol earlier in the week, so uh, I would expect Koskinen to be the goaltender. Once again, got a canned ham here from a uh, faithful old lister who goes by the handle Oven Chicken. He says, I don't think the coach has lost the room. I think the entire team is panicked due to poor goaltending. The bad goaltending leads to everyone losing confidence. Well, I look. I do think that's part of it, and and I, I you know, it's 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 funny. Uh, earlier in the season, uh, I, I had a couple of people very angry, your listeners very angry at me, that uh, thinking I was too easy on Miko Koskinen. And uh, lately, as I've been talking more about the goaltender, I've had a couple of very angry people telling me that why am I blaming everything on Miko Koskinen? Well, I'm not, but I do think the Oilers' goaltending as a whole has not been good enough. And as we saw last night in the first period and even parts of the second period, there is no larger eraser for mistakes in the sport of hockey than a goaltender. And I would say with the Oilers goaltenders, not only have they not been erasing enough mistakes, they have also been allowing goals that aren't of a very high quality against that other goaltenders aren't giving up. I, I mean, I, I would argue that once in this last 16 in this, uh, pardon me, 15, once in this last 15 game stretch that the Oilers have clearly had the better goaltender in a game. And I would say that was the win over, uh, over Columbus. Now, sometimes a hot goalie is going to beat you. I mean, if it ends one, nothing last night or two, nothing and Bobrovsky gets the shutout. Well then, okay. You're not talking maybe about the Oilers goaltender, but you know, the first goal short side, he's, he's all the way across still goes in off his glove. Third goal. Yes, it's Barkov shooting it, but yes, it's also kind of from a fairly long range for a wrist shot, and it still goes in. You don't usually see goaltenders allowing those types of goals, uh, allowing the Oilers to score those types of goals. And I, I think there's, I mean, let, let me ask this. When you're watching a game, are you confident when the other team's getting a shot on goal, or are you cringing every single time, even if it's a harmless-looking shot? I won't answer that question for you, but you can answer it in your own head. Uh, Lee is on the Certainty Hotline. Lee, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Thanks. Uh, how are you, by the way? Good. 
Good. Uh, just a quick question. I was listening to uh, TSN uh, Craig Button, and he made something very clear and very simple. He said, uh, if Holland's telling Kate, hey, look, it's not easy finding a goaltender, he said Kate's response should be, well, guess what? I'll find a GM who can make it easy. And he made it sound very easy when he said that. Now, I know it's not going to be that easy, but moves can be made. We know they can be made. And it sounds like from what I'm hearing, Ken Holland usually doesn't make a, a fast move, but this could end up hurting the Oilers. They could miss the playoffs. And then Button basically said if they miss the playoffs, chances are Holland's gone. Well, um, I, I, I would agree with that for sure. And I think that, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, like the it's the highest level of hockey, and it's not uh, it's not a let's all share orange slices in a pop league. you, you got to win, right? So the GMs are competitive with each other as well. And that's a f- now Craig Button um I like Craig he used to be a regular on Oilers now when I produced it he he cannot um I mean he likes to be snappy and definite with his comments right <laughs> so that's fine uh but it's like he said a couple of weeks ago and I and I you know poached the clip off my buddy Jay's show he believes that until the Oilers get more saves it's hard to evaluate the other areas of the team that, that maybe once you get a better goaltender, maybe some other areas of weakness don't seem as prominent. Did he, did he talk about that as well, Lee? No. Well, he, he is basically discussing how um, when a goalie does what they're doing right now for Edmonton, and he believes that's the biggest issue. He said it was goaltending. To him, it's always been the goaltending aspect of things. So he said Holland had made, or basically had a lot of time to make a move, and he hasn't. And right now it's going to get the crunch time. So the moves are becoming more and more and more right now, right? Yeah. Um, that was kind of more what he was focusing on. Yeah. Well, no, that's fair. And I and I look, I, I do believe the rumors that Ken Holland is looking. Like, how could you not, Lee? I mean, how could you not look? I, I mean, you can't just do nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you you have to look. You have to ask. Now, you know, I don't. I, we can recap the last two or three off seasons. Okay, fine. We all know how we got here, but this is the situation the Oilers are in now. So, as the GM of a team, I, I, I don't see how you can't look for one player who could possibly—I'm not saying for sure—but who could possibly transform the outlook for the entire club. Lee, thanks a lot for calling. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll also welcome Drew to Inside Sports. Hi, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good, good. I was just wondering if um, anybody's been talking about uh, like division in the room, just between defense, goalie, forwards, first line to fourth line, anything like that that uh, has been going on to cause even more turmoil. Well, I haven't heard anything about that. No. Well, of course not. But like, I've had uh, I've had buddies that have worked. Uh, I won't say who or whatnot, but there you in the past. There's been division in the room, right, between top players and and whatnot and whatnot but either way i'm just wondering if like there's stuff coming up that's you know repeating itself in history well i i really don't know i mean i i mean again there's they're saying all the right things um like do you do you see something specific drew that makes you think players aren't getting along well just just the the, the body language on the bench when, like, yeah, yeah, you get a goal let in, but there's there's no compete after like two goals. There's there's no, I don't know, like even just Zach Cassian, like he used to just be able to just go and punch somebody in the face, you know. But it, it, there's no compete there anymore that I'm seeing out of like you know grinder players, and then you know Dry looks uh, just so discouraged in every uh, 
time he is asked by the media about anything. And it just kind of worries me about what's going on behind the scenes. Well, that's fair. Again, I don't know. I mean, I think I, I totally agree with you that there have been a lot of times in these last 15 games, they've looked down. And I mean, certainly the, I don't know if you listened to Rob and I last night, I said, when it was three, nothing, the game was over. Like it didn't yeah, matter. I, if it I was there and I left at uh, the, I had my daughter, but I yeah, left after the third goal. It didn't matter if it ended three, nothing, six, nothing, or 11, nothing. It was, it was over at three, nothing. And now most yeah. games would be, but you especially saw them sag. So I guess my question would you be though, like to you, to you would be, is that discouragement a sign of them not liking each other or just a sign of like, Holy crap, are we actually going to lose the, for the 11th time in the last 15 games in regulation? You know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I know where you're coming from. It just it feel, feels like old oiler problems are just creeping back into the room. Mm-hmm. Like there was, you know, and that, that's just my feeling and my sight from uh, like very far. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope not, but I appreciate the call, Drew. Take care, man. Uh, we'll go. We'll keep rolling on the certainty hotline. Who is it? Ron Kellen. Okay, Ron, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? Oh, good, good. Is this Red Deer, Ron? Yes, it is. Thanks for calling. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for taking my call. Just a quick, quick just a quick comment on. Uh, I like that Ken Holland is not doing like he's not going to give to get. I, I I just wonder about like uh, when Florida got Bennett. Um, is there possibilities that you know like giving up nothing? for possibilities and I like that Ken is not actually doing a trade for the sake of a trade just want to hear your comment about that about him just standing still yeah well I mean I'd have to go through the whole league to see if there are underperforming players with potential like uh, Bennett turned out to be going from Calgary to Florida um I, I I think I understand what you're saying that I, like, I do think general managers have to be patient, but I also think they have to recognize when a problem can't be glossed over any longer. Uh, so yeah, it'd be great to get a sort of reclamation project like who like Bennett or whoever and then maybe he becomes a, a decent player for the Oilers but still I would argue that's not the element that's going to turn the Oilers season around uh, I know they got shut out last night but their main problem is still goal prevention than goal scoring I mean they scored four against Ottawa and dry settlement David combined for one point that's a game you should win when you get three depth forwards and a defenseman scoring a goal, they can't prevent goals. And it was, it's a combination of defending and goaltending. Again, my argument is goaltending is one guy that can erase a lot of mistakes. So I, I just don't know how long he can afford to be patient. I mean, let's hypothetically talk about this. We're five games away from the halfway point of the season. So it's not complete crisis time. Even if the Oilers go two and three in their next five games, they're going to be 19, 19 and two at the halfway point of the season. That's not a, that's not a playoff pace. So even if they start playing 500 hockey, they are now that that will not be good enough to get them into the playoffs. So Ken Holland has to look at that and say, I need a team that 
needs to play probably at least 600 hockey the rest of the way. Who would, what position would be a bigger help than any other position to do that? And I think would be the goaltender. So, Yes, like I don't think Ken Holland is a dumb man. Do I like all his work here in Edmonton? Well, no, I don't. That comes with the territory of of being an NHL GM. But I like I don't think I don't know if he can wait until game sixty to pull the trigger on a trade, because if if it game if it game sixty the team is twenty seven twenty seven and six, it's probably too late. We have uh, Peter up next on the Certainty Hotline. Peter, you're on with Reed. Thanks a lot for calling. How are you doing? Quite well. Um, I I feel the Oilers are like a beer league hockey team. They they have no desire to hit anybody. They all they want to do is try to poke check the puck off a guy, and then go up the ice with it. Like Darnell Nurse, like last night Markov, his that third goal, he just cut in the middle and shot and scored, and and nobody touched him. No, the other teams are not scared to come in and play the Oilers because it's a, it's a beer league hockey game. You know what I think, Peter? I, I think over these 15 games, the Oilers have become a very hesitant team. And I think that is, to me, that's the theme of what you're saying. I think they've become a hesitant team because the losses have piled up. The confidence has waned. I mean, I bet you if you but, counted how many missed passes there were last night that should have been completed, I bet you the Oilers were double the Florida Panthers. Like going through the neutral zone, short little passes, not hitting a guy in stride, not smoothly taking the puck off the boards and getting it going up ice. And I think that pertains, and I think that hurts them defensively as well because they're like, well, wait a minute, should I, oh, do I go to, do I, and then it's too late. I think they've become a hesitant team over the course of this slump, quite frankly. When was the last time you seen Somebody hit somebody in center ice like Tom Wilson hits for the Washington Capitals. Uh, the best, op- they, they the, the best, the best open ice hitter the Oilers had in my tenure doing the games is Matt Benning, and he plays for Nashville. Yeah, and you know, but he—I don't know. Like they, the other teams just skate, skate. They can skate. They can go in, and they like. He's so busy trying to poke check that puck, or. You know, and like, and then I don't know who one of like they did a one of the goals last night was a given goal. The guy went up towards the the blue line. He passed it. The guy turned instead of staying with him and and taking a piece of him. He turned to and then the pass come back. Boom! It was in our net. Well, the second the goal, yeah, Fogel and Drysdale were both skating away from the guy who scored. Yeah, yeah Peter, I got to run. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, Peter. Sorry to cut you a little short there. Still got a couple of folks who... uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to check in here, Fred and Todd. I got to get in a commercial. Pat Steinberg's going to help us preview the game tomorrow as well. Hi, 
This is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30. Chad. All right, Mike Smith on injured reserve today. The Nuge on long-term injured reserve. Seth Griffith called up from the minors and put on the taxi squad. He's played one game with the Oilers this season. That was the uh, win in Seattle back in early December. Kellen, uh, got a couple of canned hams for me? We do, and Vic uh, sends in his canned, canned ham tonight uh, saying, I remember us chatting, and I said playoffs are made in October. Uh, you replied, except for the really bad January the Oilers had. You were very right. So there you go. Uh, and we'll go to Frank in Edmonton. I just lost a text, and it just came back. All right. See, he still thinks that the biggest problem with the Oilers is two superstars. Eight plus 12 equals 20 million of the $85.1 million cap. That is the cost of most first and second lines. Uh, I would say to that, I understand. Sorry, what was that person's name? Frank. Frank, I would say I understand what you're saying. I would also say go look at the Toronto Maple Leaf salary cap structure. And uh, tell me if it's still not possible to have some really high-played players and still have a good team. We will go to Todd on the Certainty Hotline. Hello, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Well, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm okay. Um, I think your point about the Oilers becoming super hesitant is a great one. Uh, I think the confidence is just completely shot. When they started like gangbusters, um, we knew they weren't that good. We wanted to believe they were, but we knew they weren't that good. The stretch they're on, we know they're not this bad. They're somewhere in the middle. Um, they just need to win desperately. I'd just like to say that the, the number one struggle with this team, though, is they don't have an identity. They're not well built. Uh, they're bottom six. You, you look at a team that has one or two really good lines that were successful. The Bruins managed to do it for a lot of years. But the third and fourth lines had roles. They bought into those roles, and they played like hell. And the Oilers don't get that buy-in from their bottom six. They're small. They're not particularly fast. And we look at a guy like Cass, and he just he, he seems lost, which is unfortunate. Um, and the other, the other point I'd like to make is I think it's really a topsy-turvy world where we have fans that are happy when the GM isn't pulling a trigger or, or sitting on his hands. Uh, Steve Tambellini did that for a few years, and it drove everybody insane. <laughs> there were glaring holes. There were glaring holes on the roster, and he just sat on his hands. And so uh, I, I, I'm scared to death that Holland's going to make a move because I haven't been particularly pleased with what he's done. But if he thinks the answer's in the room, I, I just don't see what he's seeing. And then uh, I guess one final point is I, I just goaltending and how they teach it nowadays drives me bananas. Uh, I forget which I forget which goal it was. I forget which goal it was. But Koskinen, when he slides across, he's on his knees. He slides across. He gets up and then goes down and then gets beat high blocker. And I don't understand. I know everybody plays butterfly, and it's how they're taught. I ju- it just drives me nuts because it seems like it's a lot of work to get out of the way. And I wish they could. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's been years since the Marty. Although I've asked, style. I've asked goalies about that. And those, uh, when a guy scores from the goal line over the shoulder, and the goalie's down on, like Talbot got beat that way. If you you see a few around the league, and the goalies have it, said you're you're playing the odds that most it, times he won't hit that spot. But I'm exactly, like, okay. it is it is it is bizarre. Like and and you know, guys, obviously they do. They do scouting on everybody. They know where to shoot. They know high percentage places to shoot in every goalie. You would think that the goalies after these years would start to kind of change how they play because it seems like so many goals, and it's not just Koskinen, this is league-wide, so many goals go high high corners when goalies go down in butterfly 
you'd think they'd start to sort of try and teach that sort of hybrid style that Brodeur played for years where he kind of had one knee on the ground and sort of covered that whole post. It's just bizarre and it drives me nuts, but that's just that's me nitpicking. But like I say, they need, they need a win, man. <laughs> All right. Have a pint on me, buddy. All right. Thank you. And uh, we'll wrap up the uh, caller session here with uh, Fred. Fred, thanks for calling. You got uh, 52 and a half seconds. Holy smokes, I better be quick here. Well, Go. what happened in 2019? What place was St. Louis in, in January? Last place in the league. What happened in 2019? They went on to win the Stanley Cup with a rookie goaltender named Jordan Bennington. And you know what I do tomorrow night? I wouldn't start Costco and put the Russian rookie in there. Why not? Oh, Give him a go okay. see well, what maybe. happens. All right. Uh, and one other quick point here. Uh, this relates to the thoroughbreds horse racing. Well, they can't run every two, three weeks. They've got to run every day. And I think the Oilers playing 50 games in, what, 100 days will be great for McDavid and Drysaddle. They're thoroughbreds. they got to be out there lots, not just once every two, three weeks. And you know what? Sick of the negativity of a lot of people in the city right now with the Oilers. It's not over. There's still over half a season. Why can't they get into the playoffs, Reed? Why not? All right. Thank you, Fred. That is Fred on the CertainTeed Hotline, professional-grade building materials. It has been a tough go for the Oilers. Uh, quite frankly, it hasn't been a very good go for the Flames lately either, so we'll dive into that with my buddy Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. And I'm really looking forward to catching up with a 2015 Grey Cup champion here in Edmonton. He's now the strength and conditioning coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. The Anthony Batiste is going to be on the show. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.